Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we say Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. So kick back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Field. My name is Goran Lonka, and I've got two very special guests and with me today, the lovely Neve. Neve, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having good. me. Good. And uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, not Kane Wallstrom. How are you, sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, good. Today, we're going to talk about um, new builds and how lockdown is impacting new builds. But before I hand in, uh, a little bit of input from your end, Kane, um, I just thought I'd let you know that in terms of new builds and consents, I had a really interesting stat. Um, 47,000 homes were consented for in the past year, which is 25% more than the previous year and almost three times more than a decade ago. So we know the demand is there, but what is happening out there in new builds and how is lockdown affecting this any thoughts on this so let's look at construction in general construction's taken a hit right mm-hmm. so we've had really we've been hit hard with inflation majority offshore which has really increased pricing and materials so um, as a builder a developer whatever you may be the first thing you're going to do when you're obviously looking at a project is costing it up mm-hmm. and at the moment, and I know this firsthand, at the moment, it's very hard to be costing a project up when almost weekly things are going up, i.e. cost of materials um, and cost of labour or workmanship. Mm-hmm. And that is really hard for a builder or a developer over, say, an 18- or 24-month period mm-hmm. to be understanding their overall costs. Mm-hmm. Because remember that they're selling those to the market and we do know majority of the time or what's happened pre-COVID is they've been selling them as pre-sales before the build or construction even starts. Which could be 18 months or 24 months beforehand, right? Yes. So yeah. there's big issues there. There's also mm-hmm. big issues, and Nev, you can jump in here. There's also big issues on actually obtaining the materials mm-hmm. with what has been happening um, with freight and obviously getting stuff into the country where a lot of it comes offshore. So we've had, I know um, developers and builders have been problems getting trusts and frames mm-hmm. um, for houses in, um, but also to on the flip side, getting labour or, or tradies. There's a lack of them because um, we've got such low unemployment at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spot on. Neve, what was your, what's your sort of take on this um, coming from your from your father, who's a, who's a builder? What's the feedback from him? Yeah, well, following on from sort of what Kane said um, around, you know, materials and stuff, it's not just the builders as well. It's electricians, plumbers, and when there's shipping delays and um, material can't be shipped into Auckland and brought off the boats, I mean, yeah, there's definitely delays there. And like Kane said, costs are going up. And when we are going in and out of lockdown, builds get de- like delayed. And then, you know, four weeks on, we're getting close to Christmas and everything, everyone wants everything done. So yeah, there's definitely delays on that aspect. Yeah, so def- Brian, I want to yep. say something here back on the back of what Neve mm-hmm. just said is that mm-hmm. we've come into an environment where the government, along with the Reserve Bank, want to make um, homes affordable, especially for first-time buyers, right? Mm-hmm. But when there's an increase or price on pr- um, a pressure on pricing, and there's obviously um, 
pressure on the cost to do this, who gets kicked in the ass around mm. affordability? All mm. these cost increases get passed on to the buyer mm. and that just drives up a price mm. or a value in a home. Yeah. yeah. And second to that, I can agree with that because me and my sister at the moment are doing a build and every quote that we get from a build company has contingencies and maybe an extra percentage here and there and they can't guarantee any price, which makes it hard for a first home buyer trying to work out what you can afford and what you can lend as well. I have heard and I have seen firsthand that in a 10-day period, a quote by the same plumber has increased by 23%. Easy. Easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a 10-day period, which is insane because that cost gets passed on to a buyer if we're looking at. Um, Inflation is is obviously massive. um, And, Goran, I know you'll talk on this a little bit, but rising interest rates, uh, and that's happened so quickly, has put obviously a huge pressure on on a lot of things. But um, there's a couple of real key determining factors here around what I've been seeing from, um, I suppose, a development side is that um, sunset clauses written mm-hmm. into um, contracts. So, first of all, fixed price contracts. Um, it's pretty up. It's it's quite up in the air at the moment whether they're going to become a thing of the past because the Master Bill Guarantee Association has actually, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Ron, have pulled the mm-hmm. pin on mm-hmm. backing fixed price contracts moving mm-hmm. forward. Yep. Um, and what you're seeing from vendors or developers is obviously placing in sunset clauses into contracts. Now, that's quite normal um, in itself, and they might put a sunset clause in there for 24 months where the build's got to be completed by then, which gives the purchaser an out and the vendor an out. Now, what I've seen recently is um, the developer or the vendor actually um, implementing the sunset clause, which has pulled the pin on the purchaser from being able to go through with the transaction. Obviously, the purchaser gets their deposit back, but they then put that house on the market and obtain a far higher or far greater uh, sale value, mm-hmm. which is great for obviously the developer or vendor, but terrible for the buyer because they might have had this in place, like I said, for 24 months and they accessed a, a good value at the time of a purchase price. Now, in that period of time, they lose their property, obviously they get their money back, but the market's moved by so much, i.e. 25 30%, that the house that they bought then, they cannot afford now. Yeah. Yeah, I was just speaking to a solicitor literally while we were logging in here, and he said he's seen a couple of contracts come through labeled as fixed price from builders, obviously not mentioning who they are, but I'm guessing there'll be small-time builders calling, telling the clients that it's fixed price, but upon going through the contract, they've actually inserted in there because of the shortages and the um, cost increases to materials that the price can actually change. Yeah. And he's seen that more and more often now, obviously what's what's happening here. But um, if you've already got somebody that just meets the lending criteria, right, um, and they've been approved for a fixed price contract and there's escalations clauses in there, I can guarantee that the bank are going to decline that approval because maybe two, three years ago, they would actually top up, you know, if, if, if the costs blew out by 10, 20 grand. But I don't think you will see that happening anymore. Neve, you've been through the process of obviously buying your first home and building. Yeah. Um, what have you found and what's something that listeners can take from maybe your journey or advice? 
Well, we're still at the really early stages where we're still getting quotes for how much the build is going to cost. So I feel like we're still learning a lot too, but we've kind of discussed with the build company who we're going to go ahead with around flexibility in terms of trying to find ways that we can do it cheaper. And I think that's key because um, obviously not naming build companies, but the company that we've decided to go ahead with have said like, look, we do put a markup on everything. So I think it's also just finding smart ways to do things a little bit better in terms of building and landscaping and all that sort of stuff. But so far the process has been pretty good, but it is quite nerve wracking when you hear of, you know, fixed price contracts can't be locked in and build prices going up. It definitely makes you want to yeah get things rolling. Yeah. And with COVID and like we said before delays, like our section hasn't even been worked on yet for us to be able to get titles. So mm-hmm. yeah. People think out there that every contract's the same, but Neve, if you could just share quickly, how imperative is it to get good legal advice around doing your due diligence on, you know, selling, purchase and build contracts? Because I think in the past, if I remember correctly, you had a couple that fell through due to obviously a few red flags. Yeah. So one of the properties that we originally looked at, that was a land and build, our solicitor told us to pull out because there was some weird things around section size and how, you know, if the section was going to be smaller than what we'd paid for, we wouldn't be compensated and that sort of thing. So it's definitely imperative to get um, solicitor um, advice because they know what to look for and they will tell you whether to pull out or not. They have your best interests. So definitely recommend doing that because we could have ended up in a really bad situation if we hadn't. Yes, yeah, small price to pay up front for that extra due diligence then, you know, down the track if you're out, out of pocket yeah. or whatever. Um, pros and cons of new builds. Um, they probably changed a little bit today since maybe from six months ago. Um, what can we um, say on, on the pros for new builds? And we can talk about obviously the tax tax side as well. Okay. Yeah, I suppose low deposit lending, right? Mm. Um, tax exempt. advantages. Yep, exempt. Yeah. Um, tax advantages um, on capital gains and interest deductibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a brand new home. Yeah. Um, they were multiple guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That looks like it might be off the table. Um, low maintenance if it's an investment, um, also to an owner-occupy, yeah. um, and high-density living, mostly new homes or terraced homes or, or high-density, so you are able to afford something close to the city yeah. or in an area you may like at a cheaper yeah. price, sacrificing a bit of lamb. But what I will say is that um, that's the way uh, you're, especially if we're looking at Auckland, that's the way the super city's going. And mm-hmm. high density living is here to stay, and it will continue to come to fruition even more with around the new zonings, around apartments being able to pop up in suburbs, um, and also potentially the new, um, the new, housing, will, laws. The new yep. housing laws that will come into play, I think, next year or in sort of 18 months' time around mm-hmm. single houses that um, you don't, may chuck up three stories on um, and terrace times that you might not need consent for. So there's going to be a lot of change come. A lot of opportunities come, but probably on the back of that, I did notice a stat the other day that September had its lowest consents issued um, for new for new dwellings. Um, I think it was six hundred and something compared to eleven hundred. And here we talk about oh, you know, there's an abundance of new builds and all this kind of stuff. And I just hate the media because one day one journal will say something, that same journal will say the opposite the next day um, for a clickbait. So. I think you just got to do your homework and what you do. 
Fantastic. There's also a real shortage in finding land as well. Everyone everyone wants to buy it at the moment. So if you are a first home buyer, sometimes it can take a lot longer to find a section that's going to suit what you got what you want to do rather than just looking for an existing house because everyone wants land at the moment. So that could also be seen as a con that it's a bit of a time mm. factor. Yeah, the key thing I always say about land is you can't build land. You can only acquire it, but mm. you can build dwellings. So that's the key statement around that because you look at places like Christchurch where there is an abundance of land going out with farmland that keeps being brought up. So you've got urban sprawl happening there. But our urban sprawl in your main city centres like Auckland and Wellingtons is limited and what happens there. Awesome. Thank you both for coming on today and you're a wealth of knowledge. Until next time, tune in. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today. For more info on this podcast and a heap more, Check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.